And since I've had that accountability, I've been able to just get back on track with doing my workouts. And so it really is powerful. Sometimes you do just need that community that's going to help to keep you accountable. And that is a major reason why Harmony, the action and accountability circle is existing and why accountability is a huge part of that is because it is so powerful and it just really helps you to uh, get closer to your goals. You are now tuned in to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my mompreneur journey along with strategies that will help you build your online business operations in a sustainable way. The goal is to help you build a business that fits into your lifestyle as a mom who values putting family first. We will also hear the experiences and expertise of other moms with service-based businesses. You'll get a peek into our journeys so you'll know that you aren't alone. Motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. Welcome to the suite. Hey, friend, welcome to another episode. Thank you for being here. So today we're talking about five key business boundaries that lead to work-life harmony. We've been talking about business, work-life harmony in the past few episodes. So make sure you go back and take a listen. In the last episode specifically, we were talking about the three types of boundaries that are essential for mompreneurs. And in that episode, I mentioned that business boundaries were essential. And so in today's episode, we're going to look at five specific business boundaries that you can implement in your business that will lead to work-life harmony. Now, if this is your first time listening to the podcast um, and your first time hearing me talk about this whole concept of work-life Harmony, go ahead, take a listen to the past episodes so you can know and understand why I say work-life harmony instead of work-life balance, okay? So let's just get right into these five things. Number one, the first key business boundary is establishing a work schedule. So the same way when we are working a traditional job there's work hours, right? Typically nine to five or eight to four, or if you're on some type of part-time schedule, anytime there's a job description, there are work hours that are associated with that job. And so just like those situations, when it comes to your business, you should have work hours for yourself. Now, the beauty about entrepreneurship though, is that you can create your own working hours and you get to choose what works best for you and what works best for your lifestyle. And now when you are doing this, uh, two things to consider, your working capacity and your energetic capacity. So your working capacity literally is when are the times that I actually have to do work. So for example, if you are a mom and your children are in school and you want to do pickups from school, then you're probably not going to set working hours that are around the two o'clock, three o'clock hour because that's when you are picking up your kids, okay? So when are the times that you can actually work? And then your energetic capacity is when do you have the most energy to do certain types of work? And so there is a level of self-awareness that is needed to understand your energetic capacity. And 
this is going to ebb and flow. So it's not always going to be the same. It'll depend on what's going on in your life in the different circumstances. Um, one of the first things that came to mind when I was prepping for this episode and, and this particular piece of it was how Mondays used to be a rest day for me. And Mondays used to be a rest day for me because in that season of life, I was working heavily in ministry on Sundays, helping pretty much to execute Sunday services. And it almost felt like another job. So Sunday felt almost like a work day. And so I did not do any work on Mondays. Now that the season has changed, Monday, I'm able to do work because I have more energy, right? My energetic capacity is higher on Mondays now than it previously was. And so that's just a quick example of energetic capacity and understanding your working capacity. But you really definitely want to establish a work schedule. And it does not have to be anything that's set in stone. Anything that I'm speaking about today, it's nothing that has to be rigid, but these are just things that you can use to create a structure for you. Now, the way that you can enforce this boundary of establishing a work schedule is communicating with your clients, communicating with them your business days and your business hours through your business documents. So that can be your contracts. That can be your welcome packet. I know in my contract, it outlines when the business days are. So I think there's something in there that talks about uh, response time being like two to three business days for something. But the business days are Monday through Friday. So that does not include the weekend. So just small things like that. It might seem like a minor detail, but it goes a long way in creating these boundaries and really supporting your goal for work-life harmony. And then I know sometimes I can speak for myself that sometimes I am doing work outside of normal office hours or business hours. And so I don't want to, though, communicate with the client after those hours because I don't want them to get the idea that communication outside of business hours is the norm. So what I would do is I use automation and scheduling tools to just schedule that communication to go out during the normal business hours or normal office hours, all right? So that's just one way that you can still do the work whenever your capacity allows, but still remain within your boundary. All right, so that's number one is establishing a work schedule. Business boundary number two is selecting the right client. And this one is important and not thought of often, but nobody wants to work with a nightmare client. And so you really have to understand and know the type of people that you want to work with. When you work with people who you just don't vibe with, who you just don't mesh with, it makes doing the job a whole lot harder. And it's just something that you don't look forward to and it's draining to your energy, right? Going back to this whole idea of energetic capacity, it drains your energy. And as mompreneurs working from home with littles, we don't need anything else draining our energy, right? So you want to make sure that you're selecting the right client and just think through the type of person that you want to work with. So for me, some of the things that I look for are someone who has a high level of comprehension, someone who understands how to follow instructions. They understand mompreneur life, right? Um, so quick story, I was listening to a podcast episode and 
uh, the young lady was talking about how she had gotten fired from a job because she was a newer mom, I believe, and she had to continuously take off from work because her child was sick or needing to go to the doctor. And everyone that she worked with or her bosses were, you know, like single men. So they did not understand the need for her to uh, be taking off so much. And they pretty much said that the reason they let her go was because of the quality of her work. But it really was because they had this expectation for her to kind of be um, giving to the job in a way that her lifestyle did not allow. And so for me, I do like to work with people who either are mompreneurs or they I do work with some who are not, but they understand mompreneur life. Now, just because we are moms in business, though, that does not give us an excuse not to deliver and not to deliver at a high quality. But that's going to be another a whole nother episode. But just just know that we can't use mom life as as an excuse not to deliver. So in addition to someone who understands mompreneur life, somebody who also just respects boundaries. So for yourself, think through the type of person that you would want to work with and work with those types of clients. If you're going through your screening process with your not application, maybe you do have an application, but the questions on your forms for your discovery calls and all of those things, there are certain things that you can put on there that helps you to understand the type of person that they are, if they follow instructions or whatever is important to you. Um, And then even when you have a call with them, if that's the type of service that you have, you can really see if this is the type of person that you would want to work with. And if it is not, then don't work with them, right? You have the option to not work with a particular prospect. And so that's business boundary number two is selecting the right client. All right, business boundary number three is avoiding scope creep, avoiding scope creep. You know, when you have a scope of work basically outlines how the work is going to be done, what the work entails. And so scope creep is when someone tries to go outside of that scope of work in a very slight way. Um, In episode 29 of this podcast, I talked about how to avoid becoming your team's worst nightmare. And one of those things was to avoid scope creep. So you as the business owner, if you have hired somebody, you want to make sure that you are only requesting them to do things that are within their outlined scope of work. But this scope creep can happen on the flip side as well. So if you are the business owner, but you have a client, sometimes the client can try to request additional things of you that are outside of the scope of work. And so you want to avoid falling into that situation or just allowing that situation to happen without addressing it. We just don't want to say yes to additional things without addressing and understanding how it is going to affect our capacity. Um, And if it's something that we're even willing to do. Yeah, just don't let clients change the scope of work on you. And then if they do, you want to make sure that you have measures in place to handle that, right? Make sure you put something in your contract that outlines how to handle if your client wants additional work and make sure it also outlines any associated fees with that type of scenario. All right, so that's business boundary number three is avoiding scope creep. And if you want to listen to that past episode that I mentioned, how to avoid becoming your team's worst 
Nightmare, that's episode 29. I will reference that in the show description. Okay. Business boundary number four is learning to say no. And this is not something that I personally struggle with, but I have um, heard in different conversations that people struggle with saying no to things. And so what do you want to learn to say no to? You want to say no to things that are not in alignment with your personal values. So, for example, as a Christian, as a believer, I personally would not go on someone's platform to speak if they were into witchcraft or something like that, right? Because that goes against my personal values. Now, that's a very extreme example But it's valid because there are people who are open on social media about the types of work that they do, especially in business. Um, I even saw somebody online call themselves a systems witch. So it's a lot of different things happening and going out there. And so you just want to make sure that whatever you're doing in your business, that it's in alignment with your personal values as well. You want to say no to things that are not in alignment with your business goals. So, for example, if you are trying to move away from doing one-on-one work or doing done-for-you work and you're moving towards group programming or memberships, then you want to start saying no to one-on-one work that comes your way if you are truly aiming and moving towards group programming and memberships. Another thing you want to say no to Um, It's saying no when it's not the right time. So for myself, as an example, I have a goal to speak in person at events, but I understand that right now is not the best time for me to be doing that, right? I have a a little three-month-old at home and my daughter is in potty training and it's just not the best time for me to be out away a lot potty training. I'm sorry, not potty training. (laughs) I always speaking on stages. And so that'll be something that I'll focus on a little later when the kids are a little bit older. Right now, I can focus on things that fit my lifestyle right now, such as podcasting, uh, guesting on podcasts, doing virtual summits, bundles, things of that nature that are in alignment with my goal of building visibility. Um, And then also you can say no to things that you just don't want to do. We see this often on the internet. No, it's a full sentence. If you just don't want to do it, don't try to convince yourself to to do something that you are just not feeling led to do. Now, I'm not saying avoid things that could be beneficial or purposeful, right? Don't use that as an excuse. But if there's just something that you don't want to do, you don't have to do it. Okay, so that's business boundary number four. Um, The next one, business boundary number five, is putting limits on your email and social media use. I just highlighted these two because these are two of the biggest distractors when it comes to um, just day-to-day stuff, getting our daily tasks done. Sometimes you can find yourself just scrolling on social media or constantly checking your email. Um, But instead of doing that, you want to really focus on the things that are going to create impact and results in your business that are really going to move the needle for you. Um, Not saying that you can't be on social media, but don't let it be a a time sucker for you, right? Don't let it waste your time. 
And I know for some people, when it comes to their emails, they check their emails at specific times. Um, like I've gotten email responders back that says I check my email at 10 and 2 or something like that. Or I respond in seven business days or whatever the case may be. But just putting limits on your email on social media, that is something that's going to, again, all of these items help you get closer to the work-life harmony that you desire. And putting limits on the email and social media, since we're in the digital space, being in community and having accountability around that would definitely be helpful. Um, I am going to be talking more specifically in the next episode about community, so definitely make sure you tune into that. But accountability is so powerful just as a tool to be used in personal life and in business. So my siblings and I, I have five siblings. We started meeting regularly online and um, we kind of partnered up and we have accountability partners for specific things. And my particular thing was accountability and doing my workout routine because I just was not doing it. And since I've had that accountability, I've been able to just get back on track with doing my workouts. And so it really is powerful. Sometimes you do just need that community that's going to help to keep you accountable. And that is a major reason why Harmony, the action and accountability circle is existing and why accountability is a huge part of that is because it is so powerful and it just really helps you to uh, get closer to your goals and then for the purpose of harmony so it's really about being able to run your business while your family remains the priority being freed from mom guilt being able to show up confidently at home and in business um, just really eliminating that unnecessary day-to-day stress and positioning you to indulge in self-care so this is what the harmony experience is going to be like So each week we're going to follow our SOAR framework and it's going to be coupled with the biblical principles so that you can get the tools you need to experience the work-life harmony. Um, Really quick, the breakdown for the five weeks is identifying priorities, creating boundaries, enforcing boundaries, time management, and delegating. So if that is something that you are interested in, I am accepting members for the founding circle So if you're interested in that, just shoot me a message over on Instagram so we can chat about if this is something that makes sense for you. Now, I have a bonus, a bonus business boundary that you can implement. And so the bonus is that you want to keep business out of the bedroom. Now, I'm not saying this as a hard rule, but more so as a concept, because I sometimes I like working from bed. Right. And I'm not saying keep it out of the bedroom like if you're just a married person, even if you're single. Right. Because there's something to be said about having a dedicated workspace and just leaving your work there, compartmentalizing um, work and home life. And so keep business out of the bedroom, especially if you're married. Right. You want to just have that space where you can be the wife, where you can be a support to your family. Um, And they're not coming second to the business. All right. So I hope that these five things and my bonus were helpful for you. So just to go through the list again, five key business boundaries that'll help you get closer to work-life harmony. Number one, establishing a work schedule. Number two, selecting the right client. 
Number three, avoiding scope creep. Number four, learning to say no. And number five, putting limits on your email and social media use. And the bonus is keeping business out of the bedroom. All right, so shoot me a message over on Instagram if you are interested in Harmony or just to let me know which of these business boundaries you are going to implement in your life. I would love to hear from you and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.